the Packer and Durham podcast. Packer and Durham pre-power hour is upon us as we continue to stream live on the ESPN app. You guys on Sirius XM, channel 371. There's an assortment of other radio stations of the terrestrial variety in the ACC footprint that are on board. They got their free Packer and Durham parking. Number for the program is 844-SAY-ACCN. Lars Tiffany's coming up later this hour in addition to Eric McLean right here in the basement. Eric will be with us for a couple segments and again eventually... Uh, Jenny Levy will join us coming up around 9.30, talk uh, UNC women's lacrosse. They win again over the weekend. Uh, all right, it's time for the best and worst of the weekend. We start with something positive. We start with the best. And, man, it was a cool day in Tallahassee and uh, Florida State. Spring game and the legendary Gene Deckerhoff with his final call, one of the great broadcasters in ACC history, Florida State history, the whole deal. He is big time. And here he is, old Gene, taking care of business. You can also hear him with the voice as a uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. Mm-hmm. And uh, tell you what, man, we're going to miss him. One of the great guys right here. Yeah, I mean, an old-fashioned kind of guy. Uh, a blast from the past. Gene Deckeroff, one of the busiest guys in showbiz. Yep. Uh, present company excluded. No. Packed six hours of radio a day. I got a 16-step commute, man. I got, the, I got it easy compared <laughs> That's to Gene. Right. He's traveling. Deckerhoff's from Tallahassee to Tampa. Man, he's it's all different. over the place, different. especially during football season, too. Good for Gene, though, to get that Super Bowl win for the Bucks and the twilight of his career there. And uh, spring game, everyone looks good. Florida State won. They won the last game he got to call for them. Absolute true legend in every sense of the word. Well, I'm glad they tweeted out that video pack because the best part of his final call was off the air Yeah, right after he took the headset yeah, off and he was just great. chuckling. Absolutely great. All right, next up, best of the weekend, uh, North Carolina's quarterbacks. And like I said, for me, it's going to be the defense to figure out in 22. But this is going to be a big topic around Chapel Hill. And that is, I thought both quarterbacks, for the most part, played okay in the spring. Yeah, let's bust out the old statistical metrics here. Drake May, 9 of 12, 91 yards and a score. Jacoby Criswell, 6 of 6 for 104 and a touchdown. 6 of 6. Pretty good, even in the spring game. I was up in Syracuse and saw a couple of interceptions at Clemson, they had 13 sacks. So they play a little defense in the spring games, but UNC's QBs look good. They've obviously got big shoes to fill, but both these guys seem capable. Uh, how about the kicking game at North Carolina? Maybe Mac Brown found an answer. And, yeah. and this one's a little offbeat, but we figured we'd add this to the best of the weekend. He might have to walk over to the uh, hoops facility and yeah. say, hey, Courtney Banghart, is it cool if Alyssa Usby <laughs> plays a little football for us? Because she won the punt, pass, and kick contest. Drilled a 35-yard field goal for the win. She's got ice in her veins and muscle in the foot because that's a legitimate kick, 35 yards. Shout out Rochester, Minnesota, by the way. That's where Alyssa Usby is from. And let me tell you something now. It was a bit brisk in Chapel Hill. That wasn't one of those uh, 78 degrees downwind, beautiful day in Chapel Hill in the routines. That's right. That was impressive. Yeah, we're not talking about like mile-high conditions where the ball's going to fly that thing was probably a rock right. when she was kicking No it. doubt about it. No so, doubt. 35-yard field goal. I mean, I'm not kidding. That's, That's pretty good. good. For for a college kicker, I think a lot of teams would take that. I totally agree. Uh, you want defense? We got your defense. All I got to do is go down to Death Valley, man. Sack exchange. 13 of them on a Saturday. Clemson's defense is loaded, deep, fast, and filthy. They were the purple people eaters, but by purple people eaters, we mean the quarterbacks were wearing purple and they were eating them. Uh, 13 sacks, DJU under duress, Cade Klubnik as well. Listen, man, if if they can get some 
average to above average quarterback play, Clemson is going to be back at the top of the ACC. The defense was good last year. It wasn't the issue. It might be even better this season. So if it's DJU or if it's Klubnik at some point, if their quarterback just gives them a little bit extra from what they got last year, they'll win the ACC again. Don't have to be a world beater. Just be smart with the football. Right. Manage got, manage the game. Yeah, they got to get they healthy, too. they got a bunch of guys banged up. But, again, it's spring. Got plenty of time yeah. to get ready to roll. But I the defense. in the portal, maybe. Yep. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> I to get up with Davo on that. Yeah. Uh, you like big boy touchdowns? We've got one for you. Not only was the, a great touchdown, but the celebration might have been even better. We head to Boston College for this one. Great name. Great game. Christian Mahogany on the direct snap. Just get out of his way. Man is a freight train. And the celebration... It's even better. Uh, somewhere in Chestnut Hill, someone is doing this for real. But uh, shout out to 62 because that's a lot of man he was cu- he was uh, handling on his shoulders there. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I mean, you got to have fun in the spring game, right? Right. I hope Jeff Halfley gave them the A-OK on that oh, celebration. Without question. I'm we sure get, he did. We got Eric McClain in here. We'll ask him if he could have pulled that deal off in his <laughs> glory days in Tigertown on that We, we got to get our crack research team to find out. Did Eric McClain ever score a touchdown? I, I don't he think didn't. so. I don't think he did. Don't yeah. think so. I, I've says no. But he probably did that celebration a few times. Uh, maybe on his way over here? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I did that actually. Oh, is that what it was? On the way in. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll go softball with you. We mentioned this uh, part of the ranked versus ranked weekend. Virginia Tech goes on the road to Tallahassee, number five against number three, and wins two of three. Had a chance for the sweep yesterday until the five illegal pitches in the bottom of the sixth inning. And we've already said our official stance here on the show is that jump pitches should be allowed and, in sure. fact, encouraged in softball because that would be very tough to pull off. But you know, I was listening to the interview you guys did with Pete Demore on Friday, Pack, and I think you or Wes asked him if you could have good hitting or right. good pitching, which would you choose? He chose pitching. Then his team goes out and puts up 23 against the number three team in the country. Crazy. They're loaded, and, and they're really scary. I said it earlier in the show. I'll say it again. Oklahoma, Alabama, Virginia Tech. They're right there. FSU, too. They belong in that conversation. But if you're talking about the best teams in the country, I think there's a clear top three that top tier, and Virginia Tech is in it. Well, it makes for a great race in the ACC because now you got Virginia Tech, Florida State, you got the defending champs in Duke. Clemson's really good, too. Yeah. It's going to be great. I mean, it's going to be tremendous. But that was a very impressive statement made by Virginia Tech over the weekend. Uh, speaking of statements, how about the sweep in baseball? Miami Hurricanes, eighth in the country. They've won 13 in a row now. Here come the Hoos, hitting everything in sight. They go down to Coral Gables and got smacked. All right, yeah, Miami, they see that number three, and they say, that sounds like a good number. How about we go 3-0 and against the number three team in the country? These Hurricanes are dangerous, man. We're into April now. We're kind of coming up on bracketology season. We're coming down the home stretch of baseball season. You know, hoops is over. We're, we're dialing in on the diamond sports, and Miami looks as good as anyone right now. And those two teams are loaded. Yeah, but man, I, that's a statement by Miami, though. Right. And seriously, I mean, the Hoos were just rolling, and Miami went, nah, I don't think so. Thirteen straight. Thirteen for the in a row. Thirteen rolling. straight. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't the only sweep in ACC baseball over the weekend. Notre Dame and Wake Forest brought out brooms. Notre Dame takes care of Clemson, beats them three straight up there in beautiful South Bend, Indiana. This yeah. team is old and talented. Yeah, really good. And I saw something good on Twitter from my buddy Austin Rooney. He quoted a tweet, went back to 2018 or 2019 when Clemson played at 17 runs in one inning against Notre Dame a few years ago. 
And he said how the times have changed yeah. for Notre Dame and Clemson baseball. The Irish sweep the Tigers. It's a big win for them. Demon Deacons pick up a sweep win. They've been good for a long time. So, yeah, ACC baseball heating up. Wakes, I tell you, Wake rakes it too now. now. There are a couple teams in this league that hit the ball hard. Yeah. Wakes won. They score a ton. Uh, how about Louisville? We got a shout-out. Again, they had some crazy stuff happen in Louisville over the weekend, but this was yeah. one for the good. Right. The cheerleader team wins the natty. They're bringing the hardware back to Louisville KY. Drew, how about that? Yeah, it's great. It's it's awesome. We love to showcase a variety of different sports here on ACC Network. And shout-out to the Louisville Cardinals. It is their eighth straight yep. and 18th overall national title. I That's mean, right. They might have to institute some rules, make Louisville play by different scoring metrics or something. Every time I hear about a cheerleading competition, though, I, I think about the movie Dodgeball and when uh, when Justin Long had to fill in on the cheerleading competition because the guy broke every bone in his body on a roller coaster. Uh, spoiler alert. You've seen that movie, right? I have. Yeah. I wish you hadn't brought that up because I'm going to have to keep a straight face for the rest <laughs> of this segment. That's why. Uh, but you know, by the way, that's not an official NCAA title. Right. I just before people start bombarding us on social media, because I know there'll be some Kentucky fans out there still bummed up about what happened in basketball, sure. yeah. getting passed and ignored, and losing to St. Peter's. Uh, Louisville, yeah. hey, it's a natty, right? right. Eight straight. Deal that's with right. It. Uh, speaking of Louisville, uh, their baseball takes two out of three in another ranked versus ranked showdown against North Carolina. And, man, they took it to the limit. You want some bonus baseball? You got it in this series. Yeah, it's a broadcaster's worst nightmare. Uh, if you have dinner plans, go ahead and nix those. But a broadcaster's best friend is a walk-off, and Louisville had a couple of those against North Carolina. L1C4, Louisville first Cardinals for life. They're rolling now. <laughs> they are rolling. I, I'm looking forward to the uh, ACC baseball tournament here in Charlotte because this league so deep, as I mentioned last week, Seven top 25 teams. 12 of the 14 ACC teams have been ranked at some point in time this season. That's just absurd. I mean, that, that's that's got to be like unheard of for, for any conference. We like to talk about ACC supremacy. We are simulcast on ACC Network. ACC Hoops, pretty good showing in the NCAA tournament. ACC Lacrosse, they had three in the Final Four last year. Could do the same thing this year if they get three teams in the dance. ACC Baseball could be the best sport in the league right now. It's kind of scary, isn't it? Yeah. I think they're good. League's good. Uh, how about Virginia Tech? Pokey baseball. This is my favorite baseball play of the week. You like this one? Yeah. We're going to steal home in a blizzard. That's it. They're taking on NC State. We're just going, hey, it's snowing. Hey, let's just go ahead and steal home. <laughs> <laughs> how about that? It's, it's, it's so good and. It's so fun. It's one of the most unique plays you'll ever see on a baseball diamond. First of all, the fact that they're even playing, I think they did delay the game later on because of the snow. How about the batter? Like, whoa, here comes my teammate. I like the skid marks. If you go yeah. back and play that again, I, I like the fact that, again, even, even in football season, when you've watching a game in, in the snow, just watch the skid marks here at home play. Watch this. That's great. That's awesome. Right, the, the overhead right the right shot's even better. Box. Yeah, the overhead shot's even better. I mean, stealing home, where does that rank for you among best plays in baseball? Because <laughs> it's got to be at the top, right? It's so unique. It, it almost never happens. Like, home run, even a grand slam, even a walk-off. You see that every weekend in college baseball. But stealing home, especially in a blizzard, that's unique. That, yeah. That's my number one. All right, we like that one. Yeah. So, you know, Texas Tech beat Texas about two weeks ago stealing home. Uh, but they didn't do it in a blizzard. 
Doing it in a blizzard just takes it to another level, doesn't it's your, it? It's your degree of difficulty. Right, right. I'm just going to literally slide that sucker right on in there and be good to go. Right. Uh, she's on every week when we do best of the weekend. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte North uh, only scored five, but you know what? That's oh, what she yeah. does. Only five. Seriously, it's if it's five, honest. it's kind of like, well, she must yeah, have right. a few more assistant for somebody else. Oh, she's huh. ridiculous. Yeah, and, and Jamie Ortega, too. You know, right. Like we said in the first hour pack, you know, Charlotte North gets a lot of attention, and rightfully so, but Jamie Ortega... A little more workmanlike, I would say. Not quite as flashy, but puts up the same kind of numbers. And and her team went into Chestnut Hill and beat Boston College. Uh, they don't defend each other, of course. They both play attack. But we are blessed to be able to watch these two at the same time in the same league. We've yeah. already seen them match up once this year. Yeah. Could see it again in the ACC tournament. Could see it again in the NCAA tournament. I mean, they're, they're cruising up the record list. Probably going to be 1-2 by the time it's all said and done. Pretty impressive. Like I said, 1-A, 1-B right there. They are strong. Awesome. All right, right, we give you the best. And unfortunately, there's the other side of things. And when we come back, we'll give you the worst of the weekend. And there were a couple that uh, certainly had to get on this list. Cue up the yakety sacks. (laughs) (laughs) Come right back to you. Worst of the weekend. Drew Carter. He's filling in for West Durham. You got us on a Monday right here on ACC Network. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer and Durham on a Monday. Eric McLean, he'll be hanging out with us here in the basement coming up, uh, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes or so. Uh, Lars Tiffany's coming up as well. Talk a little Virginia lacrosse. Big win over the weekend, which you had the call on. Yeah, if you've never heard Lars Tiffany talk and you need a little boost this morning, you need a little encouragement, some positivity. Join us at 8.30. That guy is Mr. Optimism. Yeah, he's one of our favorites. He's awesome. Uh, all right, we, we give you the best, and now we give you the worst of the weekend. And uh, we just gave you a Virginia Tech-NC State baseball in the snow. How about the chilly weather, right? Well, I know it was the Masters weekend. Everybody's at home chilling out. Yeah. Beautiful Augusta National. But, brother, let me tell you something. For all those folks down here in the South, I know there's people around the country going, man, you people down here in the South and, are brutal. And that's that's what I'm about to say right now, Pac. This will be my spiciest take of the show. Huh. I'm so tired of hearing about how cold it was at these spring games. Eric <laughs> Eric McLean just joined the program. He's uh, now down in the basement. Um, he was you know, complaining so much about the uh, weather at Clemson. It was snowing down there in a quarter zip. I know you guys down here don't own jackets. We don't. But it's a novel concept, and it actually – they exist for a reason, you know, like if it gets cold. I grew up in Minnesota. I'm seeing those numbers. Can we put those numbers back up on the screen, guys? Because the lowest one I saw was 46 degrees. Yeah, but the wind was below. Dude, it. I was standing at the bus stop in Minnesota when it was 25 under. 25. It was like Tiger in the 97 Masters. That's how cold the temperature was. The only time they canceled school in Minnesota was when it was so cold that kids were going to freeze to death at the bus stop. Yeah, but you have to understand something, Drew. Us good old folks down here in the South, we look at you folks at Minnesota and go, why would you live there? I mean, you know, you talked about adaptation a That's while right. ago. That's right. You're allowed to leave. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, yeah. I mean, you don't have to stay in the Arctic. Sometimes we're born into it, though. I, mean, I understand that. I mean, it's tough to leave home sometimes. But no, you can leave town. Your, your blood freezes over. That <laughs> ex- explains a lot about my personality. Cold-blooded now. Uh, but I did. I will say this. Um, in, in y'all's defense, y'all's defense. I like the way I like the, the I love the fact that you're saying y'all in y'all's defense. You, you've made you're starting to adapt to that's us right. th- down here in the south. That's right. I 
I'm about 1% of West Durham by saying y'all. I need to drop a couple more Southern axioms and I'll I'll start to get to West range. You got it. But I did get soft. I spent two years living in Birmingham, Alabama. And that worked out. And it softened me up a little bit. Yeah, I guarantee it. I promise you that. Although I'd rather have zero degrees than 100 degrees. Because when it's cold, you can avoid it a little bit. You can bundle up. Yeah, you can put your, you can catch yourself on fire. Well, at a certain point, you can't take any more clothes off. You know oh what I mean? Gosh. In public, but you can always put more clothes on. I don't know about that. I'll tell you what. <laughs> speaking of cold, let's go to uh, DJ Uyunglele oh, in the Clemson oh, offense. So they, master they of the segue. Couldn't do anything because uh, the defensive team was too good on both sides. Uh, but, yeah. again, I know it was depleted in terms of the roster. You can't read too much into a spring game. I get all that stuff. But uh, if you're looking for points, uh, this was not your game. Yeah, you know, I queued up the replay of this spring game, and I, I did see our buddy Emac on the call down on the field. And the freezing, first, by the way, freezing. He mentioned it a few times. Uh, first throw from DJU, he airmailed it, and I was thinking, all right, this might be a long day for Clemson fans because, you know, Pack, we've talked about the defense a lot today. You kind of know what you're getting on, on defense from Clemson. The question mark and really the barometer for this team in 2022 is the quarterback play. So whether it's DJU or whether it's Cade, it needs to be better than it was last year if they're going to get back to where they were. Well, if you don't like watching teams score, then uh, maybe North Carolina men's lacrosse was the thing you needed because Lars Tiffany and the boys put it on. Yeah, and that's going to be my first question for Lars is why didn't you give us a more entertaining game? Why was your defense so good? Four goals for Carolina. Their fewest under Joe Brescia. Their fewest in more than 15 years. This Virginia team is known for their offense, but – they came out there. They've got some dudes on defense. Cole Kastner was matched up with Chris Gray, who had four points. But that's a pass that's got to be finished. I mean, he just he doesn't get a lot of help. And Virginia's defense was great. Matt Noons, the freshman between the pipes, was also great. So this is down as worst of the weekend. We want to be optimistic. Virginia's defense is best of the weekend. No doubt about that. All right, we take it to baseball. Uh, Louisville, North Carolina, crazy games over the weekend. Uh, got two-run lead, ninth inning, fly ball. Hey, let's just catch it and get out of here, get the W. Sometimes that's uh, easier said than done. Just All you got to do is catch it. Inject a little drama Oops. here. Oops. Two hands, fellas. Oops. What, what was your Little League coach teaching you? If not two hands, squeeze it with the backup hand. But they ended up winning this game on a walk-off in the 10th. Sometimes you just got to make it more interesting. Yeah, I guess so. It was kind of like uh, watching uh, – Scheffler yesterday. That's true. Poor putt and just go ahead and win it. Just a little drama. I never hurt anybody. Right. Uh, Speaking of that series, uh, maybe it's crazy thing. We had weather delays. We had lightning delays. We had all kinds of stuff this weekend. Snow, blizzards, the whole routine. Uh, We also threw in a bomb scare. Uh, Not to make light of it because obviously that's a serious measure under any circumstance. But around the fifth inning, uh, word gets out that, man, guess what? There's some lunatic running his mouth on yeah. social media or whatever that there's a bomb threat, and, man, everybody had to leave the building. Right. Well, of, of course, you know, thankfully, nothing did come of this. Everyone was okay. Worst of the weekend, though, is UNC's plane left without them because the game took so long. The softball team was on it, but I guess, you know, they couldn't hold the flight. They must have been flying American or something, and well, they couldn't get through to customer service. If it's American, they're still in Louisville. That's right. <laughs> America's worst airline. That's what you America's call it. worst airline. That would be the case. Yeah, but that's the deal. Well, like I said, we had a little bit. The only thing we didn't have this weekend was locust. <laughs> Other than that, we had just about everything else covered, including BC women's lacrosse. In between the first and second, we had a lightning delay. 
Mother Nature was not kind to the ACC this weekend. How about right, this? right. It's senior night for Charlotte North and company. Lightning day at the end of the first, lightning delay at the end of the first quarter. Not lightning day, but it kind of was as well. Ooh, uh, ominous. Charlotte, it? Charlotte North. Um, she is kind of like Zeus, you know, and she did shake down the thunder from the sky. They were playing Notre Dame. Oh, I like that. With, with the lightning delay. So, yeah, sometimes Charlotte North just breaks planet Earth. It happens. Uh, apparently so. But uh, Mother Nature dominating the ACC over the weekend. And the final thing, in honor of our man Drew Brooks, uh, who loves everything Tiger Woods, because there's nothing better than watching a guy 25 shots out of the league still getting <laughs> airtime. Uh, it was cool that he was back, and that was on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, but Tiger this weekend, even though he's got nothing to do with the ACC, 78-78 Saturday, Sunday. We don't have the rights to any of this video, do we? So no, we're showing we the still images. If you could see him walking around, it was it was tough to watch. I mean, if your name is Drew and you're involved with this show at all, you love Tiger. That's kind of a prerequisite. I'm also a huge Tiger fan. It was great to see him out there. When he parred one on Thursday, I was fist pumping. Did you? I was yeah. so excited for a par. I tweeted, it's the most exciting par of my lifetime right there. Uh, but yeah, 78-78 on the weekend. Not necessarily what he's looking for. But the farther we get from... The accident, I think the better he's going to look and maybe another major for Tiger this year. Call the shot right there. You mean major as an appearance? As in uh, championship. I'll take, championship. I'll take all of that. Whatever you can come up with. Well, you, you, and like, Brooks, you and Brooks discuss it and get back okay. to me. I'll take all of that you want. Okay. All of it. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about it during the break. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> we come back. We're talking to one of our favorite guys. This guy is a number, number one, a great coach. Uh, but he's always interesting when we talk to him. That'd be Lars Tiffany. You know, they've won a couple natties, and they're still counting. Coming off a big win, playing great defense. We go to Charlottesville when we return. Lars Tiffany up next. Eric McLean later this hour right here in studio. It's Packer and Durham. Guys on ACC Network. Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham. Oh, a little green day. Uh, you know, we've been asking this question to coaches for the last couple of months about your ultimate walk-up song. And I believe the only gentleman that has mentioned Green Day is our next guest. We go to Charlottesville. Lars Tiffany, one of the best in the business. Always love having him on the program. Coach, good morning. How are we doing? I'm doing well, especially with the Green Day <laughs> starting us up. And I appreciate yeah. not starting with a breakfast at Tiffany's. Uh. <laughs> right. Exactly. All right. Well, first of all, uh, it's always great having you on the show. Uh, we were just sitting here bragging about your last uh, defensive effort. Man, you guys put on a clinic on the defensive end against North Carolina. Yeah, we really buckled down. It started with our short stick team meeting play with Grayson Saladay, Jack Peel, and Noah Chismar. <clears throat> we gave Cole Caster some of the toughest assignments in the business, and, uh, and he had to try to stop Chris Gray, and Chris Gray still had three goals uh, with his offhand. Uh, he's, he's simply the best. But um, when there were mistakes made, uh, Matt Noon stepped up huge for us, our freshman goalie. He is, uh, he's been erasing our mistakes uh, all season, and he did a lot of that on Saturday here at uh, Clockner Stadium. Well, Coach, I was on the call for this one with Paul Carcaterra, and I was talking with Pack about it earlier. I said, you guys didn't give us a very entertaining game because Matt Noon's is just too good between the pipes. He's only a freshman replacing a legend in Alex Road. What makes him capable of that moment? He, um, he, first of all, he's really talented and tremendously skilled. He's very quick with his reactions. But more importantly, to step in as a first year, you've got to have a mindset. You've got to have emotional balance. And he certainly does that. He's incredible perspective. 
I also think he's benefiting tremendously from having the best goalie coach in the country, but Kip Turner. And during his recruitment process, that was important to him. He talked about that as he looked at a lot of great opportunities and options. He saw that at Virginia, Kip Turner, who played goalie here at Virginia and won a national championship and has been the goalie whisperer, you know, with me, both at Brown and here at Virginia, um, Matt knew that he could take his game to the next level under Kip's tutelage. I want to take it backwards a little bit uh, and not to dwell on a negative, but maybe in some respects, maybe a good thing. Uh, the loss to Richmond, totally unexpected. They're unranked. You guys are rolling. Uh, in some respects, was that a good kick in the pants? Uh, nobody wants to get kicked in the pants, right? Um, <laughs> and so it was, uh, you know, it's an opportunity to grow and learn from it. But the, 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 at the moment, you know, and looking back, it's, it's, it, it, that was painful. First of all, Dan Shimadi, Paul Richards, their crew, they played, they played great. They played high, high-level lacrosse. And, uh, you know, once they got the momentum going, we couldn't stop them. It, it definitely hurt losing two Warriors during the first half. You know, to have Petey LaSala and Matt Moore go down to injury, um, we didn't do a good enough job as coaches to overcome that and have a, a new game plan, essentially. And, uh, but most of the credit goes to Richmond. You know, once they got rolling, oof, what a game they played. And, um, but, yes, an opportunity to grow and learn from every loss. And uh, you try to learn from the wins, but it's so much easier to learn from the losses because the sting, that, uh, that emotional hurt, um, and so I'm really excited about how we bounce back defensively because Richmond's offense tore us up. Yeah, 17 goals for the Spiders. Uh, Joe Brescia was telling us when we talked with him uh, during the week on a Zoom, he said, I'd kill for 17 goals against this Virginia defense, and they, they only ended up with four. Uh, but you mentioned the injuries against Richmond. Kark and I, frankly, were pretty stunned to see 23 out there. Petey LaSala, you called him a warrior. That is a good word for it because we thought there was no way he was going to play yesterday, and he comes out there and he plays on Saturday. Rather, um, what can you say about Petey Lasala? How did he manage to play? He was in a sling Monday, right? I, yeah, I was in a sling Monday and Tuesday. I think he he really is a warrior. I we we were slightly surprised he played Saturday, but the reason we weren't totally stunned is because he's done this before. Whether it was with a a hamstring issue, or a different lower extremity issue he's had over the last couple of years. He just grits it out and finds a way to compete. Um, also, a lot of credit to Rebecca Vazo and our, uh, and our medical staff be behind her, whether it's Dr. Guathme, Dr. Kent, Dr. Uh, Brockmeyer. They, they, having been at some different institutions, I am amazed at what our personnel can do. But yeah, it starts with a warrior, the heart of Petey LaSala, and especially that position. You know, you, you're going to get hit. You're going to take contact when you're in a face-off man, down in the grind, fighting for those ground balls, wingmen slashing them. Um, there's just no one tougher, no one tougher than Petey LaSala. Lars, there's been a couple of things since this network has been established that I think have been turned out to be really kind of cool. Number one, you got Friday night duels with wrestling, and, and wrestling finally gets a great exposure. Lacrosse, obviously, is getting a ton of exposure on the network, and also that means Thursday night primetime games last year the games were unfreaking believable like every single one of them was off the charts you guys make that debut thursday night against duke uh, what do you know about duke obviously everybody's in the top 25 in this league uh, and you guys are loaded but this should be another great thursday night special in acc network well we certainly had one of those incredible epic battles last year uh, they came up here to charlottesville and beat us in overtime in a uh, in a, an incredible game you know um, you know, just just two 
two heavyweights, uh, uppercuts, uppercuts, just throwing just haymakers at each other. And, uh, and, and we know that they're super talented. Uh, offensively, uh, who, who doesn't get a long stick or a six-foot defenseman? You know, that's a challenge. You know, in our sport, we can only have four of those, yet there's six offensive players we've got to deal with. And, and uh, trying to match that up is not going to be easy. Um, one of the best uh, in the business in the goal, and they're really talented in the face-off acts. Uh, their defense is athletic. It's, um, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a tremendous opponent. And so uh, uh, short week. Um, and being here in April, something we got to be smart about not beating on each other too much in practice. If, if, uh, if I'm guilty of anything, you know, as we develop these brave men, these warriors, uh, it's through tenacious practices. But this is the time of year I have to remind myself, all right, we have two games this week and, uh, and a big trip down to Durham. We, we've got to be careful. So um, taking care of our bodies and uh, getting ready for a fast-paced physical game Thursday night uh, down in Durham. Well, in case John Donowski is watching, I won't ask how you're going to defend Brennan O'Neill, but I will ask you what, what you see from him on the tape. He had seven goals against Carolina. He's different from Chris Gray, right? But what makes him so dangerous? Uh, it, it, it's a combination of everything that you would look for. You know, his, his skill set is exceptional. He snaps the ball overhand. It's hard to pick up for a goalie whether the ball's going to stay high or go down low. He's got the size and the physicality to bang in against any, any defender. And yet he's got a really good first step. Um, and so he, he's much more aggressive this year. And um, he's somebody that the offense is, uh, they're not completely Brennan O'Neill and, and dependent, but he is asserting himself much more. And so he's going to draw attention. He'd probably draw two defenders a lot, which then opens up the rest of the offense. And they're super talented, uh, both uh, with youthful players like McAdory, Denenza, and then some experienced players with Lully and Robertson and Montgomery. Uh, Dyson Williams so it's it's such a talented crew that we're going to have our hands full and um, and so the defense led by Kate Southstad and then with that goalie Matt Nunes uh, we're going to be a, we're going to find out a lot about ourselves on Thursday night. Coach I know you're not defending uh, a couple national titles here you're trying to win another one but it was kind of cool over the weekend having some national championship oh, yeah. and quality teams back wasn't it? What, what was that all about? It was amazing. Alumni weekend here uh, this past weekend. Uh, the 1972 team uh, celebrating their 50th anniversary of their national championship uh, when they defeated Maryland 13 to 12 in June of 1972. Uh, Doug Tearing organized the crew. Rick Beach uh, was also influential in bringing back most of the team. Most of the men who are still alive were here. And then uh, we also celebrated the 2011 National Championship team. I know we're all doing the math like, wait a minute, that's, that's an 11-year anniversary? Well, last <laughs> year we couldn't have the fans. And, uh, and so uh, Steel Stanwick, uh, he organized that crew. Uh, Dom Starja was, uh, was hosting people out of his house. It, it was an amazing weekend having all these alums back, probably almost 100. And, uh, and University of Virginia did some great things during halftime, put some videos up there, even some, some old videos from the, the 72 era. And um, it, was, it was a great celebration, uh, a great pre- and post-game tailgate. Um, and just you could really feel uh, the tradition and, uh, and, and the spirit of what it is to be a Virginia lacrosse alum. So, Lars, you told Kark and me that uh, the book of the semester is 11 Rings by Phil Jackson. What have you learned from Phil Jackson reading that book? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, his focus and identity and identif creating a culture. What he did both in Chicago and Los Angeles, 
and he did it twice in Chicago. You know, they had that first three-game, three-three championship run, and then Michael Jordan retired, and they had some people get traded, and then he rebuilt it when Jordan came back, and they brought in Dennis Rodman, and then to go to LA and do it again. How he builds a championship team, building the roster is important. Obviously, you got to have talent. But then it's really meshing everyone together and bringing. And the book opens up uh, the opens the, up to the rest of us. His thinking, what went on in the locker room, how he did it, his tribal rooms, his 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 speaking with the men, how he the ownership and the leadership from the captains and everyone in the team. It equates so much to what we're doing here, and so it's. Uh, uh, it's a fantastic book for uh, any any coach out there trying to build a team, you know, from within. The connectedness, the language, how, how important all that is for uh, creating, a, creating a great team. Lars, you know, we just had a segment talking about Dabo Sweeney and his stance on the transfer portal. And, you know, building that <laughs> culture is incredibly important to him, where he has been slow to move from, from a transfer portal standpoint. After reading that book, listening to you, put together – championship teams Dabo's approach he's been pretty good he's won two national titles how important is that as far as this day and age of the student athlete having more power and control than ever before from a financial standpoint from a hey I don't like the coach I don't like the way we're going I can get up and leave and building a championship uh, tie it all in together in terms of what you're doing right now in Virginia Mark that's a great question and it's very insightful because there is a concern don't want to bring in too many new people uh, outside of the incoming freshman class because you may change that culture. You may change the temperature uh, in the room drastically and go too far away from what you've been building so many years to create. So we have experimented with the transfer portal. Charlie Bertrand last year, Evans in this year. Uh, we have a commit from somebody for next year, an offensive player. who They've all been graduates. So the graduate transfer, someone who's completed their undergraduate degree. Um, it doesn't mean we wouldn't go for an undergraduate transfer potentially in the future, but we've been hesitant. I understand Dabo's concern because he spent years and years building Clemson into a championship football program, and he doesn't want to change the formula too much. Um, but, I, but I think he, I would assume he, and I know for myself, we're always questioning that because you see so much talent available out there at the end of the season. And we're seeing teams in college lacrosse do really well with a lot of transfers. Of course, we're also seeing a little bit of the opposite. And sometimes you wonder, hmm, did it throw off the makeup and, and the chemistry of that program? Did it change the locker room a little too much too quickly? So I, I really like the question, Mark, because it, it's something that's constantly in the back of our mind. We're fortunate that we have up to six of our men who are seniors right now who are going to return next year. They've made the commitment to be a fifth year here at Virginia. We'd rather do that model of maintaining our roster and coming back for fifth year than adding from outside. But, then there's always a but, it's uh, if there's somebody out there who's, uh, who's gonna really make a difference and they're the right type of guy. They're, the, they're someone that we, we, we're gonna spend a lot of time with these transfers and we think they can blend in and support our culture um, then we will, we will take those. And Charlie Bertrand and Evans have been fantastic, and they fit that model. Lars, when you say the right type of guy, what are the characteristics you're looking for in a transfer? Well, cert for, certainly it starts off with being a fantastic lacrosse player because you know, we already have a, a really uh, strong team. So we're not just going to bring somebody in who can't help us win games. But then in terms of their quality of the character, they've 
got to be adaptable. We're not looking for someone to come in here and be an agent of change, to be too loud in a locker room. Yes, we want their voice. And, I, and Charlie Bertrand did a fantastic job of that. He'd been a two-time captain at Merrimack. And early on, we realized he had a wealth of ideas. But we needed those ideas initially to be shared via the captains. And then we brought Charlie into our leadership group, the Sabre Committee, because we realized he had such good ideas. So it's, it's somebody who's, who can, again, adaptable, mendable, as opposed to rough around the edges and is going to sort of bully a room because they're like, whoa, whoa, fella, that's not what we're looking for. We've already got a, a, a way of speaking with each other and, and a united front that's really important to us. Um, and so it's a, uh, yeah, it's an interesting, it's, it's interesting because we want men to share their voice. We want to be collaborative in our decision making with how we're going to play offense and defense in our team meetings. And so we want that voice, but we, you just can't be too, too impactful and too disruptive. Tell you what, that uh, delicate balance you're always looking for. It's the same thing with chemistry on a team, right? It's all tied in together. Lars, it's all, we always learn something when we talk to you, and uh, I really appreciate the time. And Thursday night, it'll be rocking against Duke, and we look forward to watching it, my man. Yeah, well, it's always great to see you, Mark. Uh, you look great. Drew, it's, uh, you look good over there, and uh, <laughs> it's a lot of fun with you guys. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Take Lars. care. Be good. Stay safe. Off he goes, Lars Tiffany. All right, when we return, uh, we have a guest in the basement. He's lurking, and he's coming over here to talk college football, ACC specifically. Eric McLean for the next couple of segments talking ball right here on Packer and Durham. Right, it's right here on ACC Network. Packer and Durham. Eric McLean. Power Hour as we continue to stream live on the ESPN app, uh, Sirius XM channel 371. You know the drill on that. That's right. You ready to roll? We're going to give you a double Man, dose. It's good to be back. I know it's good to have you a new back. phase. I'm like, yeah. Drew's here. He made his way from Connecticut. He's down. I'm going up. That's right. We're just like trains passing the night. Yeah, you got a big show tonight, don't you? That's right. We're excited. We're excited. Talk a little ball. Fun. That's right. Have you warmed up since that uh, brutal 46 degrees? Listen, in upstate I, I heard South you Carolina. talking smack. I yeah. walk in and Drew's just swinging for the fences over there. I'm like, I Drew, I have a lot awesome. of natural insulation. I was not cold. <laughs> And so I heard you about a jacket and all that. that that's soft, all right? Yeah. We don't want to oh, wear jackets. I'm soft. Uh, but Katie George had about six jackets on, and yeah. she was feeling good. <laughs> I think she was chattering a little bit. <laughs> but Katie's an experienced sideline reporter. She is. She's been she down this it. road before. Exactly. Exactly. All right, let's start, uh, let's start with Clemson. Since I saw you there Friday night at Dabo's event, how that's great right. is that event? Awesome. That unbelievable. Awesome. 1.4 mil. Yeah. Most they've ever raised. Ever. In a down year pack, that was unbelievable. I was really interested to see – you know, what's the give back going to be when it's not a championship season? Mm -hmm. And they just blew it out of the water. Pretty impressive. All right, Clemson football. You were there front and center. What would you think? What would you say? Would you, I think anything was, jump out at you? Uh, that we'd know nothing. That The de defense is going to be really good. That That's for sure. But, you know, having 20 guys out, it, it, it really hurt them. I mean, I'm looking out at wide receiver and – Five eight one sixty. They all look just the same, yeah. and uh, that's not going to be out there on Saturday. And so it, it was kind of a, a hard 
tell, if you will. Offensive line, same thing. I looked at DJ's offensive line. Uh, he had Will Putnam at center. He never played center before. He had two freshmen and two walk-ons. So, you know, good luck blocking Xavier Thomas, Miles Murphy, KJ Henry, and the boys. So it, you have to take things with a grain of salt, and you have to really look at, okay, what can I learn from this? And when I look at DJ specifically, number one, body looks unbelievable. He's changed his competition. He looks like Pac out there. It's, it's, it's a very impressive what DJ is. I don't been think able that's do. exactly what Clemson fans want to hear. <laughs> Man, our quarterback looks like Pac. That means you're going to go two and ten. No, 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 no. Very impressed with that. His dedication to that off the field type of stuff. His mobility, his ability to extend the pocket. And and when I say that, a lot of people, Drew, they think dual threat. They think scrambling around. And that's not what DJ is going to be. But if he can manipulate that pocket just a bit and, you know, maybe avoid a guy and just get right outside into that passing lane, I saw that. And then just the comfort of the offense. Those things really stood out to me. Now, obviously, result-wise, it's not what you want to see, and you need to see more. Uh, but those little things, if you dive into the film, you see that Clemson fans have to feel okay, have to feel better than what they saw all along in 21. Well, y'all were talking about how DJ transformed his body on the Pac-Man diet over here. But <laughs> then you guys put up the slab, the graphic slab. It's a little inside TV term. The slab as DJ <laughs> takes the field. It still says 6'4", 250. No, it's not 250. He's not it's 250, not 250 right? It's probably about 228, yeah, 230. He's, no. uh, he, he's really slimmed down. And, and I tell you guys, it's very impressive just to see him. Because you hear – I heard all the coaches saying it all spring long. And then when we sat down with them, you know, with, with Roy Philpott, Katie George, and DJ walks up, I'm like, whoa, who is this? I mean, right. wh- where's Big Cinco? This is quarter pounder Cinco, you know what I'm saying? So uh, just to see that dedication was very impressive. Um, but, Pack, that defense is going to be lights out. I mean, when you look at the defensive line specifically, I truly think there are eight guys there deep where they could play anywhere in the country and start. That's how effective and efficient those guys are up front. Eric, I think that uh, – I may be dead wrong here. You know the game better than I do. But I think the linebacker core, even though they lost guys from a year ago, I think they're going to be better. I think, they, I think they have a different animal at linebacker in terms of size, speed. And again, nothing against Skowski and those right. guys. But they just look yeah. totally different at linebacker. Yeah. Did, did you listen to the Graham and Mac Lane podcast this morning? Because that's exactly I, I, who, what I did, KG and I, did I were not, talking about. I did not, but I thought it was apparent that's just right. watching part of the, it. The athleticism, the speed. And, and as you mentioned, those two guys, Inspector and Skowski, gone. I'm like, man, this is going to be a big step back for these guys just because so much experience, so much talent that has been there forever. I mean, those two were coaches on the field. What do they replace them with? I mean, savages. These, these guys are out there sprinting around. They look so fast. They love this new Wes Goodwin defense and the things that they are going to try to do. So I'm with you, Pac. I, as crazy as it is to say, right now in spring ball, I think it's an upgrade from where they were last year in regards to speed, instincts, athleticism. Well, bro, I can't believe Xavier Thomas is still on this roster. That That's unfair, and it's scary for the rest of the ACC. K.J. Henry? Yeah. He's been here forever, too. So, a little Xavier Thomas story. I was up in Syracuse for the spring game. We interviewed Eric Dungy, who was the quarterback when I was a student. Is his neck okay? Do is you it, remember that? I do, I remember it. When he was a true freshman, and I, I brought it up, I was like, Eric, that's got to be the biggest hit you've ever taken. And he was like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> So Xavier Thomas still there. <laughs> he is. I mean, he's got to be like in the running as one of the best defensive players in the country now. Right? I, I think he. That's why he came back. And you know, we we actually spoke with Coach Sweeney about that on the broadcast. He was down with us as as an extra analyst, which really appreciate yeah. him doing that. And I just asked him. I said, "Man, how about X Man? You know, having the self awareness to make that decision. And instead of being a third or fourth round pick, 
He wants to be a first-round pick. That's why he came back. That's why he made that decision. Has his body looking unbelievable. And I'll tell you the play that sums up Xavier, where he is mentally and physically right now. He rushed the passer, pretty much touched the quarterback, turn around, made a tackle for loss on a screen. And, and it's his twitchiness, his his knowledge as a player going into his senior year here is it, tremendous. And, and you love to see guys make a business decision. We saw with Kenny Pickett this year and where he's going to end up in the draft, we already know, has done numbers for himself. Uh, I think Xavier can do a very similar thing. All right, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we will do an extended power hour because I, I mean, it's not quite nine, but it's getting ready to be. I got excited when you said that. I know. But I mean, I, I kind of feel like it's an extended <laughs> power right. hour because we're going to talk about some more football. Uh, I know we start with Clemson. We will go through the rest of the ACC spring games when we return. Again, you can call us too at 844-SAY-ACCN. But that's what we're going to do. We're talking ball with Eric McLean in the basement. We got five others to break down from Saturday. All that's coming up next. Drew filling in for Wes, Packer and Durham on ACC Network. This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371.